We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. We're here. I wish I could keep this feeling. I wish I could keep this feeling. What up, everybody? Another week, another great episode of The Corner Podcast. Kel Dansby here with the old man, Andreas Hale. Man, tons to talk about this week. We have a bunch of combat sports to recap. Dre, you were in LA for KSI versus Logan Paul. You're going to tell me and the people why it wasn't as bad as we initially thought and some of the better parts that come with uh, the extra exposure to the boxing scene. Then we also have UFC to talk about, a couple big fights from last week and this week. And then, of course, AEW NXT will be thrown in there, as well as some main roster shenanigans from last week. But first, I want to start off with the talk of this week, and that's Disney+. Plus. Yeah. I know you got it. Hell yeah, I got it. You know I, was, I got it. it. <laughs> midnight. I signed up with, like, it hit midnight, and I was like, where is it? I signed up for it, and I spent the first hour listening to all the theme songs of my favorite kid shows. You're just going through and just playing intros? Deadass. I went through Chippendale, Rescue Rangers, Gummy Bears, X-Men, Boy Meets... Oh, just nothing but intros. I just sat there and watched intros for an hour. (laughs) That's one way to do it. Um, Yeah, man, I, I did not do the same. I actually went through the first thing... I think I watched on there was Brink. I watched it front to back. And then I watched Alley Cat Strike. And yesterday, I want to say, I watched Remember the Titans, which always makes me cry. So I was in there (laughs) crying, (laughs) just thug tears in the living room. Man, I don't cry for any movies except sports movies. They always, yeah, that's it. They always get me. Football movies specifically. Like Bertier getting hurt, 
and being in the hospital gets me every time. And then the last scene, of course, when everyone gathers up again, it, it just makes me tear up every time. And then there's uh, Bowie Miles when you learn he can't read and he can't even read the letters pulling his scholarships, especially that USC one. He just knows the letterhead. Oh, man, that shit gets me every time. That's it. That's what else he going to do. He's crying to his uncle. I can't do nothing else, man. You want to see me cry like a baby? Those movies make me cry. I, I can sit through like all the super sad movies, allegedly, like Titanic, uh, Ar- Armageddon. Like None, none of that stuff makes me cry. Yeah. No sport. Nah. Yeah. No sports movie makes me cry. The only movie I could. I, I cried when I saw Fruitvale Station. Uh, that was rough. I saw it with my nephew. Nope. I didn't see it with my nephew. I saw it with my wife and my brother in law. So that was actually really rough watching that movie. Um, I, well, I mean, we, I guess we'll talk about it. I watched Coco for the first time. Never seen it. And I watched it with my daughter. And uh, the end of that movie is a uh, wow. Yeah. Remember me? Holy shit. Um, yeah, and then be, I think being a father makes Disney movies hit different because <laughs> it's just a completely different experience watching it. Um, and I, so my plan was, and I, don't ask me why I did this to myself. I was, you know, I said, "Hey," told my daughter, I was like, you know, she she watched Little Mermaid like a billion times. I was like, enough of that shit. No more Little Mermaid. We're gonna watch Coco, and after Coco, we're gonna watch Up. It was a bad fucking decision because Coco ends and it's it's sad, but it's like a different kind of sad. But Up has the most depressing beginning I think I've ever seen in a movie. And I love that movie. But that beginning of that movie is rough. So there's no way I was going to book in the end of Coco while I'm damn near in tears with Up. That would just been a wreck. That just would have been too much for me. I think Up, I know, that, I know people that cried. I think Toy Story 2? Three? Three? Three, I think. A lot of yeah, people, people said are, they were crying. I don't, yeah, they didn't get but me. No, no, no. Up. Up is the one that gets me, man. I mean, just two old people, and you know, you you die and you're alone. Shit, yeah, that, that's that shit sad. That's, oof. See, and Coco oh, is sad at the end, but during it, it just pisses me off. Coco has one of the worst villains in the Disney whole Disney universe. That guy, like Dirty Max, he steals ideas. Like he is the worst type of person because he's a real type of person. Huh. Yeah. yeah. Oh, you listen. It's the ones closest to you. Steals the whole thing. He gets the whole career. Oh, that guy is the worst. So yeah, yeah Coco. Coco just pissed me off. Great movie though. <laughs> great. It took Fantastic. me forever to watch it. And great movie. Um, man, there's some some joints on there though. Like even the the throwback ones. What were the first three things you watched then on Disney Plus? Not not with your daughter. Not Little Mermaid. Oh, a million me? time. Yeah. Like when you sat oh. down, you're like, yo, I need to watch this. X-Men, the first episode of X-Men. Um, Fire. I watched that with Jubilee. Yeah. Dog, that, that goddamn, the, the song? <laughs> um, pisses me off about watched, the movies, though. Rogue can't fly in the movies. Still pisses me off. Yeah. Then I watched, what did I watch directly after that? Directly after that, I watched DuckTales. I love DuckTales. Um, <laughs> I just, my wife loves Scrooge McDuck because she identifies with that character. Um, she likes money. <laughs> <laughs> and then I watched I watched Tailspin because I hadn't seen Tailspin in mad long. The interesting thing about a lot of these cartoons is that in my head they lasted a lot longer than they did. Like I turned to Tailspin and I was like, one season? That's it? Like that's all I had was one season. 
And that's that was it. So those are the first three shows I watched, and then I watched Boy Meets World. Yeah, DuckTales, I, I think, only had two seasons. Yeah, it was mad short. Like, these shows were super short. I think X-Men was like four seasons. Um, Gummy Bears, which I watched as a kid, which I thought was really crazy, because as a kid, I was like, yo, why aren't these little motherfuckers the things that I like to eat, and why are they like real bears that bounce on their ass after they drink gummy berry juice? Uh, this is really stupid. Then I started watching, and I loved it. But... <laughs> It just didn't make it didn't compute as a kid. I was like, dog, I eat these things like they're people. They're like talking bears. So, yeah. Um, but then, yeah, Boy Meets World because it's amazing. And then I watched Chippendale Rescue Rangers and wondered for a long time. I was like, man, these fools never wore pants. They went <laughs> everywhere. No pants on. No, bottomless. Like, like a boss. Right up. Uh, yo, you know what I noticed? Launchpad McQuack is like in five different shows. Yeah, he is. He's the you of the Disney cartoon characters. <laughs> he has a Yo. million jobs. And he, granted, he's a pilot, damn near and everything. But he's in like the Jungle Book spinoff. He's in all the DuckTales spinoffs. Like DuckTales. He's in Darkwing Duck, I think. Yep. Yep. He makes an appearance. Yeah. Tailspin. Tailspin. He's in everything. No one else can fly a plane. There's only wow. one pilot in all of Disney cartoons, Launchpad McQuack. I, it's crazy. That shit bugged me out the other day as I'm scrolling through shows. Yeah, I couldn't figure out if that was like lazy creation or they just really like that character. I don't know if they were just like, you know, I don't feel like drawing shit anymore. So keep putting that buff duck in there and make him pop. <laughs> That's it. And he never got his own show. Never. Always the sidekick. Damn shame for Launchpad McQuack. Uh, the only other thing is... One thing I don't get the hype about, mad people are excited, Gargoyles. Yo, okay. I, I thought it was okay back in the day, and then it was like trending on Twitter, and I was like, people are really going back to watch Gargoyles like that? Like when you got Spider-Man, when you got X-Men, the cartoon, I, it's, I watched like an episode, it's, it still doesn't hit like that for me. See, there's certain shows that i watched and you know as i got older i was like yeah i want to watch that again like you know i'll go back and watch certain cartoons like that was amazing gargoyles is one that yeah i'm with you on this man a lot of people love gargoyles and i'm not one of them i was like this is cool like this was this wasn't better than x-men though not at all like it it's not even top five on the new relaunch cartoons there was uh, there was some joint with like uh, it might have been like an Anaheim Mighty Ducks theme when they used to fight crime. They were ducks, but they were buff-ass ducks. And they had, like, silver masks, and they used to fight crime with hockey sticks. I'm pretty sure this was the, the purpose of the cartoon back then. That shit was better than Gargoyles. Yeah, so there's a lot of th- I don't know. People love Gargoyles. And I don't know if it's, like, ironically people love Gargoyles. Yeah, maybe but- I got to watch it more. Like, does it get darker and creepier? I, I don't know. I saw that shit trending, and I was like, I... Am I missing something? I don't know why Gargoyles is the first thing to go and watch. But, uh, yeah, there was a lot of people. Granted, on Twitter, a lot of people said they were getting high and watching Gargoyles. I don't smoke weed, so maybe that's, like, the missing ingredient. I I don't know. Um, And you can't take edibles and watch it because you'll mess around and catch a Dion Waiters. Freak the hell out. So... (laughs) Yeah, I don't know. It's not for me. So I got a mystery continues. Maybe some of the listeners will just bash me on Twitter for not liking Gargoyles and getting the the nuances of the cartoon. Um, man, yeah. So so that's bananas. What else did I do? So Disney Plus launched. I had to hit up my kids and share my password. That's, you know, one of the worst parts of 2019 
is that my children don't buy shit anymore. And they're just <laughs> like, yeah, that's it. Like, dad, what's the Hulu? Dad, what's the Netflix? And then uh, they're like, dad, you have Disney? They're like, uh, you know, ESPN's owned by Disney. Did you get Disney Plus? I'm like, I had to pay for it. They're like, can yeah, we okay. get the login? I was like, you don't ask your mama for shit. So anyway, I had to give them a login. And so they got that. Uh, this was a monumentous week for me, Dre. My daughter's got Instagram this week. Mm, I look bo- forward to that shit. <laughs> the both of them. So uh, what, 14 and 12 now on Instagram? Very interesting. I had to go through there and make sure everything was on the up and up. So far, they're using it well. Uh, they just like the filters and doing little stupid ear emojis. Both their pages are private, which are good. Because at first, I freaked the hell out because they're doing like hashtags and stupidness. <laughs> and I was like, yo, no, you can't hashtag shit. Like, creepers are going to find you through hashtags. And then I guess I noticed their pages were private, so the creepers can't look into it. But at first, I was tripping because you, you just never know. Um, so this is a fair warning to you. Ten years from now, you'll be on the lookout. Uh, sure. Um, yeah. <laughs> ten, ten years. There I'm, won't be Instagram ten years from now. There won't. No, there'll be crazy shit. There'll be like something you like project out of your phone. I feel like we always say this and it never happens. But ten years. I mean, ten years ago, what we're on MySpace. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, it, yeah, that was a woo man. MySpace. Yeah, Facebook goodness. was just popping. I, I remember ten years ago, I had to use my college my college email to get on Facebook. You couldn't get on Facebook without a college email. Yeah, and they were like, fuck that. We want all the money um, and all the traffic. So they didn't care after that. Forget college. You just need to be there. Yeah, they they took the bag and ran with it. It was way doper when it was just college. And 10 years ago, Twitter was hitting something different. If, if you were on Twitter 10 years ago, boy, lawless. Oh, yeah. I was on Twitter 10 years ago. Woo! Twitter was <laughs> reckless. Like, because nobody really understood it, so it was like it was just no, it was just different. Twitter was just it was really different, especially because I worked at BT in New York at that time. Oh my god, that shit was wild. People are uh, still getting and, jobs off of that. Yeah, me and Loki, uh, anybody that knows Nile Ivy, were on Twitter early, and man, oh man, oh man, the trouble that we got into being on Twitter. Um, Man, yeah. low key. I mean, they're still quote unquote Twitter celebs from that era, right? So you got like low key ice. Uh, yeah, my man Chris Fox who beefed with with Puffy. Chris, that was funny. <laughs> <laughs> and back then, celebs were really answering random ass people's questions, like tweets. Like, yeah, it was just there was no separation. No, that was the beginning. Like Twitter was legitimately the beginning of closing the gap of six degrees of separation. Because now you could just reach out to anybody. Like, imagine Michael Jackson with, like, a Twitter account. That shit sounds stupid. <laughs> yeah. Like, it, it just sounds ridiculous. But now, like, there's, there's nobody that's not, like, a, a tweet away that might respond to your tweet. So it's like, for instance, before we get into the weeds of combat sports, like, this whole Summer Walker situation where Summer Walker's talking about not doing hugs and meet and greets and all that stuff because she has anxiety. Like, we never would have known if Michael Jackson had anxiety because he didn't have a damn Twitter account to talk about it. <laughs> like gave a shit. So it's like, but now it's like artists are dealing with the anxiety of dealing with their fans on social media and seeing everything that that's being said about them. Completely different world, man. In one way, it's cool because it's like, all right, you, I've met people through Twitter, and 
I've had weird situations where I go places and people like they look at me like, yo, you're like this weekend, Logan Paul KSI fight. Straight up, dude was like, yo, you're Andre as hell. Like when you say my full name, I'm like, what? Like, why are you saying my full name? <laughs> yeah, man, I follow you on Twitter. <laughs> like, man, that shit is crazy to me. Like, people follow you on Twitter, and it's like, I appreciate you follow my recklessness on my tweets, but that I guess that's the good thing about it. But the bad thing about it is everybody got something to say. Everybody has something to say. That's it. it it's a crazy world when people know you and you don't know them. And that's what happened with Twitter and social media now. Like, people know a lot about you. Shit, like, people would have never, any other time in life, in the history of this world, would could know unless they were around you every day. Now they know it, and you don't know anything about them. Yeah. So it, it's a bananas relationship, like, people forge because of social media. What was the first social media thing that was really hidden? I was trying oh, to, like, remember shit. this. Hey, well, I, I was trying to tell my kids this. Was Black no, Planet it, like the first one hitting it? Hitting no, them? bro. Instant Messenger, period. AOL Instant Messenger and chat rooms? Like AIM? Dog. Oh, yes. I remember the chat rooms. Like, that's like ASL, like age, sex, location. Like, those are those wild back in the day type shit. Yes, man. No, like, that was the original crazy shit. Like, AOL chat rooms and just AIM and finding out people's screen names and just sending, like, them pick, like, dog. If you had AOL back in the day with the dial-up, and you had to wait forever for somebody to send you a picture, bro, <laughs> you had to wait for that shit to load up, you just have to stare at your screen for a like, mad long, you see like the picture loading up, because you, you didn't know what anybody looked like. There was no MySpace. There was no Black Planet. It was just screen names. And you were like, damn, what do you look like? And then they would send like this picture, because they had to... And I don't even remember, how did people fucking send pictures back in the day? Yeah, how no do cam- you even upload pictures? There was cameras on the... On the top of the computer, like I remember, you can get the joint that sticks to the top of your computer, and Man, it was like whatever a grainy it was. as fuck picture. Yeah, but, but you had to wait mad long for that picture to come through, and you was like, I don't even know what this motherfucker look like. And then you meet him, and you be like, Yo, this is not good. <laughs> this is oh. this is not what you look like <laughs> in your grainy ass, just crazy two hundred and forty p picture. Yeah, that was the original social media was instant messenger. Anybody who was that was it. See, I and told them like, AIM, but I wasn't like, I mean, I guess high school, end of middle school, high school, we had AIM and we were rocking with AIM a lot. But yeah, I, I was never on Black Planet. Wasn't old enough really for Black Planet. And I mean, back then my shit was the party line, which Oof. my kids do not understand. They don't understand the concept of like everyone getting on one phone call. They're like, why didn't you just text? I was like, yo, texting yeah. wasn't invented. That like, Dad, it's just writing words. It wasn't in fact. I was like, no. Like, you had to call in a <laughs> random-ass number that would put you in a random-ass group and then talk to people and try to exchange information. And I feel like everyone else could hear your information. So you're asking the girl for her number? Everyone could get her number. Yeah. I mean, the thing about, like, chat room, the party line, was uh, there was always that one dude who came in the party line was just yelling for no fucking reason. Whole I don't, I don't, to this day, if I can find whoever you are, if you were that dude and you listen to this show, I need to know. Because it was always that dude who just jumped in the chat. Like, you'd be trying to talk to a girl over the craziness of everything that was going on in the party line. And then somebody just come in and be like, he'd have the phone mad close to his mouth and just start yelling shit. And he'd be like, yo, just messing up everything. Because then you would never find that girl again. It was a wrap. No, yeah. Once someone was gone, it's gone. And let your phone call drop. It was a wrap. 
That people's mama would be picking up the phone. Get off my line. That was my grandmother. <laughs> like you tying up the phone. Mike, I was trying to explain to my kids how this shit works, and they looked at me like I was talking Russian. They had no like they couldn't understand the concept of a party line. And that's when I was like, you know what? Fuck it, I'm old. Yeah, pretty much. Yep. That's so party cool. line, black planet. I gotta talk to a friend of podcast, AJ Springer. Uh I'm pretty sure he's the king of Black Planet. I got to hit him up and talk to him about the nuances of Black Planet. But yeah, man, on one hand, I'm glad social media has evolved. On the other hand, shit back then was lawless, and that was pretty fun. So, man, that was that was my weekend conversations with my kids. Um, and then the rest of my week was what? Pretty much combat sports? Uh, no, wait. One other thing. Why'd they boo your boy Drake off stage? Because they want a Frank Ocean. <laughs> no, <laughs> no one wants Frank Ocean over Drake. Oh, yes, they do. Oh, yes, they do. We were just if at day were, in Vegas. Those Tyler fans are a different breed. They, they're absolutely different. And because the thing about, I, I don't know, man. Like, the thing about uh, this whole Frank Ocean thing, I don't, I don't, like, I love Chandler Orange. Wasn't a huge fan of Blonde. Whatever. But he's created this cult following and he's mastered this art of disappearing where he just completely falls off the grid. And then a song will pop up and people go crazy. So Tyler's been teasing, uh, Frank Ocean showing up. He's actually terrible live also, but that's neither here nor there. Um, but he's been teasing that he's going to show up to camp. Nah, and fans really, they kept getting teased over and over and over again. And then at a certain point they just, they were happy he was there, but they were like, man, fuck this. We want Frank Ocean. So they were pissed. <laughs> Drake tried to bow out gracefully. But how are you the biggest artist of your generation and get booed off stage? Man, so no man. one would have. No one disrespected Jay Z like that. Like be like, yo, they, respecting DMX. Would have. No, no, those kids would have body Jay Z. Are you nuts? They would have destroyed Jay Z if he showed up. They would have annihilated him. It would have been terrible. Oh, they don't. They don't give a shit. Jay-Z's like a thousand years old to them. That's true. shit about Jay-Z. <laughs> they want Frank Ocean. That's all they want is some damn Frank Ocean. And they didn't get it, so they were pissed. That's a damn shame by these kids. But yeah, no, poor Drake getting booed. I found that shit funny. I was like, I gotta ask Dre about his boy Drake getting booed off stage. That's, that's gonna sting for a while. We're gonna hear yeah, like get- 18 bars about this. 18, 20 he'll, he'll- bars about him being booed off stage. Oh, he'll be fine. He'll just, you know, wipe his tears with his money and he's got nothing to worry about. He'll be all right. <laughs> Talk about people wiping their tears with their money. KSI and Logan Paul. YouTube superstars. Uh, I mean, it, there's worse ways to make $900,000 in a night. Right? Like you, Reportedly, reportedly $900,000. Reportedly. There's a figure that's a lot, lot bigger than that. Yeah. That's, um, that's guaranteed money. That's that... that that old school UFC, this is what's on the table money. And I'm yeah. sure the kids made more than that because subscribers were through the roof. Uh, I mean, Eddie Hearn is talking crazy numbers to anyone who will listen that it did more than Joshua Ruiz, which I'm not surprised, right? Because we didn't expect Joshua Ruiz to be what it was. So I'm not surprised he did more than that. Triple G fights, Canelo fights. For one night, these guys were the stars of boxing. They could say they were the biggest draw in boxing for one night. And you're not really mad at this. 
No, I don't. Dog. All right. Two, two things. One, it wasn't like Mayweather McGregor, even though that shit was a circus, where you had a boxer that was the best pound-for-pound pound fighter against a guy who had never fought before. You had two guys on the same skill level fighting each other um, that had incredible followings. And people were like, oh, Devin Haney's fighting on the other card? Look, man, everything is pro wrestling, right? We say that shit a lot. Mm-hmm. And... WrestleMania is, you know, or even WCW back in the day, like the main event will be like their two like Roman Reigns, like Brock Lesnar. But the best matches are usually the guys coming up like AJ Styles or anybody else that was coming up. It's the same formula here with Logan Paul and KSI. Like those two brought this tr- huge audience. Like, first of all, I, I've never seen a crowd this young at a fight. Like these, these it was a young crowd. Um, and not in a bad way. It was just like a young, it was just a younger crowd. It wasn't like you usually go to fights and you see, you know, anybody from ages like 22 to like 60 here. It was like legitimately like 18 to 30, nothing past that. And if you're going to have, if you're going to do something like that and, and draw as many eyeballs as it did, which I'll talk about in a second, like who cares? Like, listen, man, the zone has 8 billion fights a year, right? Like, we got a, a ton of fights. <laughs> and we just had the Donaire and uh, fight on Thursday morning that people watch. Like, we got Joshua Ruiz, got Jacobs Chavez, we got all these fights. ESPN Plus, ton of fights. ESPN, ton of fights. Fox, ton of fights. Like, Showtime. There's a ton of fights to watch. Who gives a shit about one fight? Like, people that are complaining, just next week, watch another fucking fight. People are like, they're taking somebody's spot. That's not true. It's not. There's not. Whose spot are they taking? They just, just fight next week. Who cares? <laughs> also, some of the biggest fighters, the, the best pound-for-pound fighters of this current generation aren't attracting close to the amount of attention that those two just did. And I know some people don't get it, um, but the other thing was they took this shit seriously. KSI really took training camp seriously. Logan Paul really took training camp seriously. This wasn't like, like those old stupid celebrity death match things. This wasn't like a tough man competition. They tried to learn how to box mm-hmm. legitimately. Because they didn't like each other. Now, was it the best fight in the world? No. But keep in mind, the best UFC fight to a lot of people of all time is Forrest Griffin versus Stephen Bonner. Go watch that shit. That shit technically is terrible. But it was exciting. <laughs> but they were just because swinging. Was, yeah, I mean, it, fuck it. Dude, nobody gives a shit about the X's and O's of boxing. And in a fight, nobody cares. The thing that you care about the most is seeing somebody getting knocked the fuck out. And not getting knocked out is generational anybody will watch somebody get knocked out like we like the sweet science i like to watch floyd mayweather box but the reality is nobody's ever watched a floyd mayweather fight and left and was like man i got my money's worth it just doesn't happen it's like people are not thrilled so sloppy fights are things that people watch i say that to say this these people i hope a lesson was taught to everybody including my own company about these two when you have a story to tell, if you watch the 40 days, if you knew how to engage fans outside of the ring, that's how you build boxing. Because nobody really, the casual fan doesn't give a shit. They don't. It's like Logan Paul versus KSI is like a dumbed down radio hit. It was like some shit that anybody can get to. It's accessible. And if you don't like it, you change the station. Or you buy another CD or you buy some shit off of iTunes and you listen to that. But that song that you hear in the club is dumb as shit that everybody likes. That's what Logan Paul KSI was. You don't have to like it, but there's a whole bunch of people that do. Now, over at Sporting News in the Zone, what I can say is, I'll say, like, at Sporting News, the night of the Logan Paul KSI fight was the single 
biggest traffic day in the history of SportingNews.com. Ooh. Period. That's all. I mean, I guess since you guys went to the web, that, that's saying something. The single biggest traffic day. This beats the World Series, the Super Bowl, the NBA Finals, March Madness. Crushed it. All of it. Two guys that are on YouTube and shit. Logan Paul has 41.5 million followers total between Instagram, YouTube, and Twitter. Uh, KSI, biggest star in the UK, has 20 million between the two. That's 60 million people they brought to a fight. Some people will stay and watch other fights. It's it's insane. And then the other thing is, look, man, Devin Haney fought on the undercard and Billy Joe Saunders. I have an issue. It's a minor one. But the hard part was matching them up properly. And it's something that Matchroom didn't do very well. Um, It gave them the toughest fights possible? I mean, they, they didn't really try to, but... What they were trying to do was make a respectable fight, if, but I had tweeted this. If there's any night to give a guy a tomato can, this is the night, and they didn't. Santiago, the guy who did Devin Haney fought, was undefeated. Um, nobody knew a lot about him, but one thing he – like guys who don't block punches with their face or guys who just don't come out swinging are the worst guys to fight because what they know how to do is survive. And that's exactly what he did against Devin Haney. Once Haney heard him, I think it was in the fifth round, Santiago was like, fuck this. I'm going to hold. I'm going to stay away from it. And that made for a boring fight. It didn't give Devin Haney the breakout performance that was needed that night. Billy Joe Saunders, he's just not an exciting guy to watch. So if he, he needed a can, he got a great knockout. But before that, that fight was actually competitive. Yeah. And that's not what these kids wanted to see. They're like, I'm in the arena. And I made my TV debut on The Zone. Which, if anybody watched, that was dope. I had my opportunity to do that. Plus, my fight stories actually uh, made that. If anybody saw the animated thing I did with Devin Haney. You're on TV uh, for like an hour, by the way. Which, and you know what's crazy? That pre-show, I was doing it with Chris Mannix and my boy Corey Erdman. And uh, in between, because we, we went out to uh, Ryan Garcia, who was out in the front with one of those YouTube guys. Mannix turns to me and goes, you know how many people are watching us right now? And I'm like, what, a couple thousand? He's like... 220,000 people pre-show for this fight. I mean, I was one of them, so I understand. My grandma was watching. My grandma called me. I was like, oh, that's what you I was like, yes, grandma. I've done, like, pre-shows for, like, you know, Fury. I've done pre-shows for a while. Like, I've done TV stuff. I've done UFC stuff. I've done Bellator stuff. And never have we had the attention that we had at the zone. So those of you that complain, just watch something else. Period. You know, it's not like there's not enough fights. It's not like it's the only fight of the month. You can watch some other shit. But I was thoroughly entertained. Fucking Justin Bieber was there. Goddamn. <laughs> there was so, like, Wiz Khalifa was there and our cameraman couldn't find him. That was great. Um, it was, man, between the Canelo fight and this fight, working for this company, I had way more fun with Logan Paul KSI Fight Week than I, like, I had access, you know, like, I did the interview with KSI while he's sitting down eating pasta the day before the weigh in. I'm like, what are you doing? He's like, I'm trying to make weight. He's underweight. Like, I, there was so much. We, we did the workouts in Venice Beach where the sun was coming down. Like, the, the press conferences were utterly ridiculous, but this is what, this is what people want to see, man. It's not something I'm going to go back and watch again. It's not an all time classic, but if you get people to watch boxing, that's what some of you guys got to do. Sell you, everything is pro wrestling. Sell yourselves. Those two sold the shit out of this fight. Sold the shit out of it. 
A lot of you guys like I love Terrence Crawford, man, but he ain't selling shit. <laughs> I love great fighter, but if you're not selling fights, nobody cares. Deontay Wilder has learned that. He learned how to sell a fight. So Conor McGregor, that's why he became the biggest star. Because he was selling fights. Not only was he selling fights, he was winning fights. You got to kind of do both. You can't just win fights. It's not just about boxing. And nobody gets that. Same with MMA. It's not just about MMA. It's not just being the John Jones. He's not the biggest draw. Conor McGregor is. But John Jones is clearly the number one pound for pound fighter in the world. Probably the greatest mixed martial artist of all time. Conor McGregor is the biggest draw. I was about to say, doesn't sell shit. a damn thing. Nah, man. Like, that, that's all I got to say. I mean, it was a wild week. It was an exhausting week. Uh, we'll talk some pro wrestling about it a little bit because I went to GCW, which was insane. <laughs> but I feel like it always is, right? Like, that is no yeah. longer the best-kept secret. Like, now I feel like a lot of people are, are jumping on board. And then we see, and we'll talk about it when we get to pro wrestling, AEW and, and death matches coming to the forefront, headlining a major pay-per-view card. Yeah, I mean, these things are fun. So ultimately... Logan Paul, KSI. KSI won the fight. We had that two-point deduction from Logan Paul, which was ridiculous. Because, at best. Right? That, that swung the fight. I'll say this. The, the punch was clearly illegal, right? It was, you know, he punched him. He had him in the head like he, he knocked him down. Like, he already buzzed the shit out of KSI with an uppercut, which was actually a really good uppercut. Like, I watched it. I was like, yo, Shannon Breeze must have talked some shit. That was a good uppercut. <laughs> but then he hit, like, he, his adrenaline got the best of him, and he hit him again. And he lost two points. My problem was I thought he should only lost one point. There was no prior warning. I was about to like say, there's no warning. I, I just thought it'd be a warning. Yeah, and that was, don't that count was, the knockdown. Yeah, that was egregious. Like, uh, two points was egregious. Swung the fight. Strangely enough, you would think, um, I don't want to completely put him on the glass, but Radio Rahim, who ended up being our correspondent in the ring to do the interview, not Todd Grissom, which I thought was strange, his tie comes with WWE background, but whatever. Radio Raheem was calling for respect for these two. Not me. If it would have been me, I'd have been like, yo, do you feel cheated? Because you hurt him really bad. Like, you would have blown him out, but you got two points taken away. Third fight. Like, I would have I did something, but he called for peace. Fuck peace. I want war. They should have played that all the way up. And plus, KSI doesn't like Jake Paul. I wait. I know way too much about these, these guys now because I've been involved. But KSI <laughs> and Jake Paul is the fight to make. If they want to keep continue to do this, and KSI says he wants to fight. Oh, and one other thing. People are like, yo, they can't beat pro boxers. Yes, they can. Have you been to a club show in like some rural part of like Nebraska or like a club show at BB Kings in New York once upon a time? Some terrible the bar is really low to get into boxing. They can beat some of those guys. For real. Yeah, those fights aren't the best. I yeah, mean, Vegas houses some uh questionable pro fights. Definitely. So oh. it's like, uh, not sure about that. Uh, People just look they were pretty good. I mean, and Logan Paul, honestly, he looks athletic. The kid is athletic. If he puts the time in, there's no reason why he couldn't be a mediocre, semi below average fighter. I mean, look, man. His brother's uh, walking around with the belts. You say what he wants that the guy earned. I guess he had to beat somebody. I'm totally fine with those two fighting people on their skill level. Like, if they were fighting, like, elite talent, then we'd have a problem. But this shit, I don't care, man. Logan Paul in MMA. You think this is the next step? Probably. And if Dana White's smart, he's probably looking at it like, why? Dog, you had CM Punk. So, I mean, come on, man. So, so why not, right? Like, why, why not? do it before Bellator does? 
Yeah. Why not? I don't understand what the big deal is. Like, freak shows are fun, man. I, I'm not that boxing purist. Like, I love, I love boxing, and I love great fights, and I love the nuances, but I also get entertainment, man, and I like to be entertained. Some of y'all just don't like to be entertained. Yeah, that's true. I mean, it didn't take away from the rest of the card, which was good boxing. Now, if it's like, I'm not going to watch an entire card of celebrity boxing. That's just a lot. But it, it depends. Like, if you say Chris Brown is headlining this shit against Soldier Boy, then you know what? Maybe I would watch. <laughs> they almost have me on that. I'm, I'm not going to lie. Yeah, maybe I would. But to put it at the top of a legitimate card, those CM Punk fights... They didn't take much away. Why? Because I saw Stipe knock the hell out of uh, Overing in the main event. I got some oh, quality real- MMA. Yeah. There's nothing wrong with it, man. There's nothing wrong with the nonsense. I can deal with the bullshit. Yeah, so I don't know I mean, Logan, Logan Paul in the octagon? Why not? We've seen wilder shit. It's just 2020 at this point. Nothing's going to surprise me. No. Not at all. Nothing at all will surprise me in 2020. We we saw Cain Velasquez in a WWE ring get squashed. Yeah, and, and again, you know, everybody's been talking about the Logan Paul KSI fight. Like, it was on the Joe Budden podcast. Like, Ariel Hawani's talking about it. But the best fight of the weekend is one that nobody's talking about. Well, the week, because it didn't happen on the weekend. It was Donito Janair in, uh, in a way, which was a, an amazing Incredible scrap. fight. Um in a way, it comes out that he broke his orbital in the second round. Insane. Man. And toughed through 10 rounds with that shit. Um, being a smaller guy already, he looked tiny at that weight. Yeah, he did. Still put hands on Donaire. Yeah, and you know, you know, there were people that said he got exposed. And I was like, nah, Donaire just fought a really good seasoned veteran fight. Yeah, Donaire is not bad. People are acting like Donaire wasn't supposed to be the next Pacquiao. Yeah, people forgot about the Filipino flash. Yeah, like, it's one of those things, and we saw it forever with, like, Michael Jordan, where people are like, yo, he's the next Jordan, and then he doesn't become the next Jordan, so they're like, oh, he was trash. Like, no, he actually was probably still really good. And and people had legit careers, and they'd be like, yeah, they just weren't the next Jordan, but that's okay. So, like, Donaire's had a good career. He showed that he's still a good boxer. He's smart. He was the bigger man. He knew how to use it. He knew how to counter when it was needed. And he still took an ass whooping. There's there's room for that. So, no, that was an amazing fight. Um, I think I just landed from Vegas and then, like, rushed home to watch that fight. So that fight was really good. And, again, yeah, people weren't talking about it. And then now, yeah. uh, is coming over to top rank. So I'll get to watch all of his fights in person now that he's going to start fighting in the U.S., and we'll see how far he can go because already my worry is what we saw with Chocolatito, right? Where it was he classed himself out in terms of weight. He had to move up to get exciting fights, and he just couldn't handle it. Yeah, I think it's a little different, though. Chocolatito was, weather- I wouldn't say it was weather-worn, but he had been in a lot of fights that were wars up to that point. In a way, still a little bit young. In, in the sense that, you know, he's got, he's got some fights. I, I worry about the size. And that was the other thing with Chocolatito. He moved up. Soaring V-Site, just too big. That dude was just too big for him. Um, I don't know if NOL will do the same thing. I think he might play it a little bit better. But I guess we'll have to wait and see. Either way, 
it's good to get one of the top found, found fighters in the world in the States. Um, kind of, I mean, people need to see him fight. Guy doesn't have a bad fight ever. He's either killing people or in, <laughs> in wars. So it's like in 90% of the time he was killing people. So enjoy him when you get a chance to see him. Yeah. So that was definitely a, a good fight. It ended up being a good week in boxing and MMA. We had a couple of good fights too. One fight that wasn't good, Greg Hardy on short notice. Um, it's good for him, though. Losing. I mean, it showed that he can, he can hang, but, I mean, what, what does that really mean? I mean, I only say it's good in the sense that he kind of knows, maybe he knows where he's at now. Um, and you're not that good. Like, you got a long way to go. Uh, the fight wasn't good. Like, he, at a certain point, he, he kind of showed that he hasn't really learned much of anything. But hopefully he knows, like, dog, you're not ready. And, like, Derek Lewis will murder you. And I still want to see Derek Lewis murder him, but we'll see. Um, but, yeah, man, he, and you fought a guy who was relatively safe and you did nothing. And you complained about your hand and you're not that good. So yeah. maybe it'll slow down the, pro- the progress of him. I mean, Volkov's a good fighter, right? So I, I get it. I understand. He was seconds away from beating Derek Lewis before he caught the haymaker from hell. So he's not a yeah. bad fighter, and on short notice, it definitely couldn't help. It's just I don't, I don't know what Greg Hardy is. He's not Greg. he's not the explosive all pro D end who was taking everyone's face off when he first started taking these like you know easy up and coming fights uh, against better fighters against UFC competition. He's not that. He's going the distance. He's safe. He's not letting his hands go. I, I just don't know what he is. I don't. I mean, we we don't know what he is at all. You know, he's, he's right now. He's just a guy. So uh, I, again, we we do talk about guys like. Uh, um, let me think. I mean, we we look at the CM Punks of the world. I'm not gonna say Greg Hardy's like a CM Punk because he he traded for a while. Yeah, but come on, man. Like, slow but down. But he's not Brock Lesnar. But it's it, so here's the thing. All right, so if you're complaining about Logan Paul KSI. Should you be upset that Greg Hardy's in the main event of a UFC card? Because he's clearly not there yet. Yeah, and his but, following's not there. Nah, man. But, he, but there he is. <laughs> there he is losing in a boring-ass fight. So whatever. Yeah, I mean, and it's like his third co-main event so far in the UFC. So that it is what it is. In the main event, Zabit wins again against Calvin Qatar. I, I mean, whatever. It was a good fight. It was three rounds. Zabi got in some trouble. People said if it wouldn't went five, it would have been a different story. Um, I still think Zabit's one of the best in that division. I just don't know if he's as good as I once thought. It's weird coming I, from a guy with one loss. I agree. I, you know, he's he's got some work to do. So, you know, we'll see where he, where he goes. I mean, he looks good against Qatar, but uh, I don't think he's title ready yet. I think he's maybe one or two fights away. Um, which he should have the time for. Yeah, he should. We shall see. We uh, shall see what this do. weekend, Jan Blakovich versus Jacare. In a fight that I just don't care about, but whatever. Um, I don't know. Jacare, Jacare, oh man, Jacare is always near the top, right? Yeah. He's just always hovering around. Um, this is a fight where I think it could end in a really cool finish for like Jacare. So I'm, I'm always down for him to choke someone the hell out. 
it's just a matter of it, it's weird to say, but 205 needs contenders still. And Jacare might be that guy. And he's not young, but at least he's new blood. <laughs> I mean, it's man, it is thin over there. It's, in the it's land of the slim pickings. But I mean, we've seen a couple of these these guys move up from middleweight. I mean, Weidman tried, got his block knocked off. Then um who else was it? Rockhold tried, got his block knocked off. So you see some of these guys moving up, trying their hand. Yoel Romero should move up, but it's neither here nor there. So we we don't have these fresh matchups at, at this point. What, there's one contender to John Jones's belt? And then what? Nothing. Yeah. Crickets. It's just Dominic Reyes. Dominic like Corey Reyes. Anderson's out here. He's out here calling out John Jones. Like, Corey Anderson? Really? Dog, you beat Johnny Walker, who wasn't ranked in the top 10. Relax. Yeah, that's ridiculous. I just saw a highlight, I think, when of Jacare taking his face off. Exactly. So relax, man. He ain't there yet. But there's no one else there. No. The, the co-main Which, of this is also a light heavyweight fight between Shogun Hua. Shogun is still fighting. That he is. Um. <laughs> <laughs> like, this, I'm pretty sure he might still be ranked. Who knows? I don't even have the UFC light heavyweight rankings, but I'm sure there's shit show. Yeah, it's bad, man. It's a bunch of guys that nobody cares about. So, I don't care. Like, Shogun's on this card. I don't care. Jan Blakovich, if he wins, none of these guys are beating John Jones. That's all we know. None of them. Not a single one of them. Oh, shit. Maybe You're listed is- on these rankings, by the way. These UFC what? rankings, they have your name as yeah. a panelist. Because I do the rankings. Oh, ain't that yeah. some shit? I never knew they'd show me your name. Oh, good yeah. to you, though. Yeah, that just popped up out of me. That's, that's odd. Okay. I've been doing the rankings. People have been asking me, so I guess because the podcast, people ask me, can we interview about the UFC rankings? No. Because what? It, all you're going to do is interview me and try to shit on the rankings? No. It has nothing. Because people are going to ask me if I get paid? No. I don't get paid to do this shit. I, they asked me to do this when they first started doing the rankings where there's a whole bunch of people. And people were like, oh, messing with your journalist, integrity, blah, blah, blah. I was right at the time, I was thinking I was doing like MMA for like a bunch of random outlets. So I wasn't aligned to a particular one. So I was like, sure, I'll do the rankings and I'll bring some credibility to this shit because I, I actually watch the shit. I, I could care less. I, like, I, I want to pick the best guys. And I've been here forever. And people find out, was like, yo, how corrupt is it? I don't know. I just put the guys that I like and I think that are in the top 15. And, it, and that's it. And each week they send, the UFC sends a rankings brief that t- gives you the win-loss records for guys against the top 10, um, against other ranked opponents. And they give you a description like, you know, if a, you know, if this guy beats this guy who lost to this guy, he should fall maybe in this range if this happens. It's not a, it doesn't tell you exactly where to put anybody. It's just a guide to tell you who they fought so you can make an educated decision. Some of these guys that do the rankings don't do it. I do. Like I pay very close attention to what's going on. There's been a few glitches in the system where some guys will show up ranked higher and I'm like, I didn't pick that. And they'll fix it. Because they're, they, it's, a, it's a little faulty the way the system works. It'll like reset itself every now and then. But the people that say it's corrupt, it's, for me, it's not. They've never changed anything that I did. But yeah, I've been doing the, I've been doing the rankings for like for years now. Yeah, Shogun Hua is not, still ranked. He's ranked 14. Yeah, no, if you look at the list of guys in light heavyweight, you'd be like, 
who the fuck? There's nobody there. No, Corey Anderson is fifth. I mean, Jacare, if he beats Jan, can jump up to sixth immediately, if not higher. Um, I guess Ozdemir is still there. Glover Teixeira is still nine. It's not great. It's not, the light heavyweight division is terrible. And Gustafson's retired. He's still at seven. Yeah, they haven't pulled him off yet. And that, that's the other thing. Like People was like, well, how is somebody still ranked? Well, because they haven't pulled off the rankings yet. And we're told we can't move anybody until they're officially out of the rankings. Like Even if they say they're retired, there has to be a – it's kind of like USADA where you got to wait um, for them to fall out of the pool. Which makes sense. Take out. Yeah, some guys people think, they fake don't retirement. Retire. Like, Rumble's coming back. So, I mean, yeah. people aren't really retired. Shit, we're about to see uh, Uriah Faber fight to be a number one contender. So who, who knows when you're really retired in MMA? You're retired until the money runs out. Pretty then it's much. time to come back and fight. Um, yeah, man, that's that's MMA in a nutshell. Adesanya and Jones are still beefing, but, I mean, it is what it is. What, we're going to see that fight in 2021, John Jones says? <sighs> Great. Like, Don't. I, mean, I, I want to see the fight now, right, at this point. I, can Adesanya defend his title? Yeah, like that. Mean, I guess. Can we, can we do that? Can we just do that first before we start talking about the John Jones fight? Like Israel Adesanya is—he's not stupid. Like he's not going, man. I need to fight John Jones tomorrow. He knows he's got some work to do. Let the boy do some work. John, relax. We know you have nobody to fight, but if you really want a fight, move your ass up to heavyweight. That's all you really got to do. But he <laughs> won't do that. Listen, Francis doesn't have a fight. If you're really feeling froggy, yeah. If you want to talk all that shit about who you need to fight, don't fight a middleweight. Go fight you a heavyweight. You're the best fighter in the world. Yeah, Francis Ngannou knocks his whole block off. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah. I mean, the guy <laughs> has the best shot. <laughs> that's clearly that's a dangerous but, you know. fight. Yeah, but I don't know. We'll, we'll see. John seems to be in no rush. Dominic Reyes seems to be the guy. So he's just talking shit until his time comes. Um, maybe we get a Conor McGregor, John Jones card where they're both on it. That'd be some shit. But I wouldn't put it yeah. past them. So we'll, we'll see how that shakes out for 2020. A lot of good options there. Uh, pro wrestling. And AEW had a pay-per-view. But I want to start off with GCW and you go into the death match. Ooh, hey. Um, yeah, man. So This time, so the arm fell off, right? The last time we went to a death match, a guy almost cut his whole fucking arm off. And he had to be rushed outside. Yeah, so, no, nothing, ha- I mean, uh, there was a crazy Japanese death match that was absolutely crazy. So, stories like this, Corey Erdman, who, if those who don't know him, he works, he does, he does research work at the zone, he does commentary for, like, Valor and some bare knuckle shit, he's done ESPN commentary, um, and he did the Kenny Omega documentary, worked at TSN. Uh, so, he calls me, he's like, yo, GCW's in town for the Logan Paul case, so I fight, do you want to go? Hell yeah, I want to go. So I contact Brett, the guy who runs DCW. Like, I'm coming through with my boy, Corey. So if anybody knows Holly Lawson, Holly, Little Bear Lawson, who used to be a boxer, um, she's a friend of mine, lives in L.A., and she was friends with a guy by the name of Jamali Maddox. If you know who Jamali Maddox is, Jamali Maddox is the guy who was a comedian from the U.K. who was on the Vice show Hate Thy Neighbor. He's a pro wrestling fan, come to find out. So I was like, hey, Brett, can we get all four of us in? Sure. So we show up to GCW, um, and it was called, like, Slime Season, which is crazy, because if anybody pays attention to the names of GCW, it's all, like, related to crazy hip-hop fucking slang. It's insane. 
And if you if you've ever met Brett, the guy who's been there, sushi, yeah, look, dog, Brett is like you can look at him and be like, yeah, he's one of us. Um, he's a white dude, but he's one of us. So we go to the show. Um, Slime season. I guess I just or, yeah. Did so, Vado get an invite? Nah, uh, but um, mm. <laughs> like, so, yeah. he ain't doing nothing. So else. like. The first match is Mance Warner versus ah oh, goddamn I can't remember who he was wrestling, but it was like it was it wasn't like this wasn't the worst match. But in the middle of the match, um, they Mance Warner caused fans to staple dollar bills to this man's forehead in the middle of the match. Fans coming in stapling dollar bills to this man's forehead, right? And there's a table spot with a ladder, and in order to keep God, I can't remember the dude who he wrestled. In order to keep Mance down. Dude staples his tongue to the table. <laughs> uh, this this match was utterly ridiculous, and it was the first fucking match. And things just ramped up from there. We had a crazy Nick Gage match. We had a Japanese death match. Oh my god! Where they changed the ring apron to an old school ring apron that was stained with blood, and these guys destroyed each other with like those light bulbs. And everybody ringside had to wear masks and goggles. This shit was nuts. <laughs> I mean, this shit was nuts. Mark Romaldi from uh, ESPN was there. Um, e. Casey Layden. Uh, damn, who else was there? A lot of, I mean, there was a lot of people that 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 were there. Uh, it was just, it was crazy. And in between, so funny sidebar. So in between, we're like, oh, let's go get something to drink. Because like, you had to buy tickets and people were drinking White Claws and shit, whatever. So there was a bar of <laughs> So we decided to go to this bar because we were like, oh, they had like $5 for whatever you want. It happened to be a gay bar, which is not a big deal. No. Nah, but they got some of the best deals, was, I guess. Man, yo, everything was five bucks. Man, I was like, well, yo, what do you want? Everything, everything was five. It was a literal hole in the wall. And it was everything was five bucks. And it was a gay bar. The reason why we knew it was a gay bar is not because anybody in there, because everybody was cool, is that when I looked above the bartender, First of all, they were showing pro wrestling. They had no idea GCW was up the street, but they had a Dusty Rose Ric Flair match on. And oh, Jamali shit. goes, Jamali goes, oh shit, it's Ric Flair and Dusty Rose. And we're like looking. You look above the screen, and there's a neon penis shooting sperm. <laughs> <don't> think- <laughs> well, I mean, could have just been a pro wrestling bar. Uh, Joey Ryan could have sponsored it. You never know. Yeah, but no, no. <laughs> then I looked around. I was like, oh, we're at a gay bar, and I was like, and Jamali was like, oh, cool. All right, so we went back to, and then we were like, all right, cool. But it was. It was just that was the only reason why we knew. It was like a, a, a neon penis that went from flaccid to erect and it was shooting sperm. It was like a Vegas sign of neon. <laughs> yeah. And then we just went back to GCW and watched people get murdered. Um, but if you ever have a chance to go to GCW show, you should do so. Kel, you went when we was at a Starcast. Yep. You already know the shit is insane. But I've been man, to several here in Vegas. Uh, Chris downtown. Bay wrestled. Chris Bay wrestled at GCW. Had hey, an amazing friend of the podcast. Yeah, so it's it's uh you know I always say the same thing with PWG. If you haven't been to the PWG show, you should go. This is the same thing now because they're offering something that's really different than everything else that's out there, and it's fun. These guys are batshit crazy. I don't listen. Some of the shit they do, I'm just like, what would you get paid? Like $75 to do this shit? Yeah. Nick Gage is it's, probably killing the merch scene, though. Uh, yeah, probably. But, man, that's so much. And Jamali, he had never seen this shit. And, he, and Holly had never, never, Holly always asked, like, what's the big deal about wrestling? And she, it's like, she didn't care. Like, she saw that shit and she was like, okay, I'm in. 
Yeah. Because if you don't, if you don't watch like wrestling and the like, she was like, I don't watch the WWE, but you watch that shit, unbelievable, just fucking nuts. <laughs> yeah, and then the crowds are always super hot during those shows, so you just oh, get caught man. up in the madness. The one yeah, we went like, to yeah. in Chicago was just fucking nuts. One, I bought a bucket of beer for like fifteen dollars. It came with like eight Coronas. We we're just knocking back Coronas, so that Duh. was fun. It, dude, it was it was insane. So like the main event was Nick Gage and Jake Atlas. Jake Atlas recently came out. Uh, Tony Deppin wrestled Chris Bay. Anybody knows who Tony Deppin is? Um, Jake Atlas uh, just signed to WWE. Uh, did he sign? Yeah, I believe so. Okay. Well, yeah, he was yet. in the main event. Um, they had uh, it was Man- Matthew Justice. That was the dude. Matt- Mance Warner versus Matthew Justice. And then they had like this crazy match with Kikataro versus the Human Tornado. So it was like this Japanese mascot versus a pimp. It was ridiculous, <laughs> but I was here for all of it. It was so much fun. Mark Rimaldi, I'm putting his business on the street. He was a little lit. He had, must have had like five or six white claws. The guy who runs <laughs> Twitch, the guy who runs Twitch was down there. So I hung out with him. Like, yo, this is it, it's still the best kept secret in pro wrestling because a lot of people don't know about this shit, and it still only has like. If you look at GCW, they they don't. I have more followers than GCW does. They have twenty thousand followers. This won't last much longer. Once they find a way to get access to like the public other than through fight, and, or people start catching on, it's going to be ridiculous. And obviously, they're doing WrestleMania for the For the Culture show. Um, but yeah, that shit was fucking I fun. can't wait. I know they'll run several shows during Mania Weekend, too. And they always run at midnight. So it's perfect. Mania this year is just going to be insane for us. I'm not, it, I don't know when I'm going to sleep. Like, it just hit me like, yo, we might just be up for five straight days. Nah, I'm going to sleep. Fuck all that. No, but you're an old man, feel- but no. You'll, you'll go to sleep at like four and actually sleep till like three the next day. And we'll be out yeah. and about already. You'll be like, yo, where's Dre? Nah, he's still sleeping. And then text us at like two o'clock. Brunch? <laughs> <laughs> just, just randomly like, yo, we've been at a convention all morning. Nah, nah I've been sleeping. Brunch? Like, all right, man. Get yeah, as your... long as I get my three hours of sleep, I'm good. <laughs> so uh, after that m- craziness happened for you, there was actual pay-per-view that weekend. AEW had their next pay-per-view in Baltimore. I I don't know. I can't help but feel like that new car smell is wearing off. Not I that mean, the pay-per-view was bad. It was their worst, but it was just, it was mid. Like, it's cool. To me, the highs are very high still in AEW. They lack depth, something serious. Their their women's division is, and I'll try to be polite, they're not seasoned, is the best way I could put it. There's no one in their women's division outside I, I don't know. There's no one right now that they're painting a good story for. They have some talent. To me, it's just nothing there is captivating me. Britt Baker maybe has the most invested in her in terms of story. And she's a, a happy dentist. Like, you can't be a happy dentist. That shit don't rock with me. So that's weird. Their mid-card is like, okay. They're, what Their biggest mid-card wrestler is Ty Dillinger. Or Sean Spears, like, I, all right. I mean, 
to me, he was always a really good jobber. He's like a main guy for your mid-card. I I don't know, man. There, there's something missing in that mid-card scene. Now, their top five, six guys, you can run with that all day. It's gold. Uh, anything under that, it's, it's starting to get a little shaky. I will disagree with you on the depth. I think they have a great deal of depth. They have a hard time figuring out how to showcase them. Because you talk about Sean Spears, who I think just it doesn't work. The gimmick doesn't work. But He's still using the 10 gimmick as a as a heel. Yeah, but fuck Sean Spears. Um, <laughs> your mid, the mid card that matters is Joey Janela, Darby Allen, Orange Cassidy. Like they have talent. I like They're, Darby way, a lot. I, I think Darby Allen is, is a, a great talent. Yeah, I think they built him up. They gave him some story. I like it. So I think that the issue with AEW is, yes, I agree, the new car scent has worn off. And I've said this from the beginning. I was like, I don't care what happens in the first three weeks. Talk to me two months from now. And we're approaching that, where we're with, between NXT and AEW. Once they fall into line, now we get to see what these two shows are all about. And AEW, and we'll talk about NXT in a minute, AEW has some growing pains that they need to figure out. Um, one of them is character development. Because... It's a lot different when you build through towards a pay-per-view through the internet and you give it like four or five months and you use social media. And you have two guys who eventually have a match and there's not like a huge story behind it. It's much different when you got to tell a story week to week to keep people engaged. And in this case, like the Sean Spears, George Janela match happened and people were like, why? And nobody knew. Nobody cared. And it just kind of happened and it wasn't that good. And the wrong guy won. Um, Rio, who is your champion, who I really like. Uh, but she had a match where she was facing basically her teacher, uh, when she was coming up and they had like a video of her, like in like, was like middle school working with her. That's a story you could have told on the weekly and they didn't, you can't rely on social media and the internet to tell these stories. The interesting thing, and we'll talk about it. Like I thought the main event was fantastic. We'll get to that in a minute. And I didn't too much mind the Jericho Cody match. The MGF turn bothered me for this reason. They painted themselves into a corner with this because the entire time they have painted MGF as this uh, Cody's like a best friend, right? uh, yeah, like right hand man. So you on screen, you never got to see him be an asshole. <laughs> Meanwhile, for those who are watching AEW and start following MJF, they're like, holy shit, this guy's a complete dick. And during Starcast, like the everything they did during Starcast, it's like he's an asshole. Why is he running with Cody? It doesn't make any sense. So they, so eventually they, they, they couldn't slow play the turn anymore because you can't separate that asshole character from the guy who's supposed to be Cody's lackey or mentee or whatever you want to call him. So they turned him, and I thought they pulled the trigger too soon. But I think the only, but they had to pull the trigger because you had to separate the highest baby face and create the heel. But they painted themselves into a corner. There was no real payoff with that heel turn. It was like, all right, cool, you're kicking the nuts. But I wish they would have slow played that more. Character development is the issue with AEW. Um, and they have to figure that out. You know, the Pac Man Page match, it's a good match. Then they had a better match on Dynamite this past Wednesday. Yeah, it was it was an okay match. Like you know it didn't hit a second gear. It was twenty minutes of like, oh, okay. But yeah, you're right. They did have a better match this week on television. It was the best match they had on television this week in an episode, not that it was bad. But it was chock full of promos. Maybe right. they're realizing, like, you know what? We kind of lacked this character development thing. But now yeah, it looks more we, like like an episode of SmackDown. 
and, and like furthermore, um, the, a lot of the matches, like just so like the triple threat uh, tag match, right? And the LAX Young Bucks match, which was good, but it wasn't what we expected. Like we wanted a sprint. Like yeah. everybody was looking forward to a sprint. Obviously, we're going to get a sprint at some point. But like the triple threat, threat tag match, it just wasn't good until like the the last five minutes when they started doing dives and shit. Yep. So they have to figure out how to pace themselves with these matches. And if you're going to work towards a pay per view, I, I still don't know what the pay per view schedule is going to be. It should be every. It should be quarterly. They should be do every three months. I think that would make the most sense right now to build. I don't think they should do monthly pay per views and follow the WWE model because one, they don't have a network where the shit is free. I don't want to pay for that shit every month. Yeah. Two, they need to learn how to tell better stories. And your, your point about the women's division, it sucks. They keep trying to put Brick Baker over, and she just ain't it. It's kind of like the Dark Order all over again. It just oh, ain't it. Oh, they keep putting the Dark Order. The Dark Order was their first match. They led with a Moxley promo and then the Dark Order. And I was like, oh, I'm out I mean, of here. They, they led with Moxley in, in, a, in a squash match. Dude, and I... I think everything they've done with Moxley, I know people complain about the deathmatch stuff, but I think this is smart because you're, you're slow building to Moxley eventually is going to get that title shot. It's going to happen. But you can't, you can't, you can't kind of paint yourself in another corner because wins and losses matter and have Kenny Omega with another loss on his record. He can afford to lose a, an unsanctioned match. So th- I think they're really figuring out the nuances of win and, wins and losses because they clearly don't want to put Kenny into the title picture yet. But you can't have the fucker start off like two and thirteen. <laughs> no, but work. then they just announced that wins and losses reset at the new year. And they just made it up because Tony Khan. I, I asked Tony Khan that anybody can find the video. I asked Tony Khan that at the last page, at all out or all in, whatever the fuck it was. I asked him that. I said, "Are wins and losses? Is it a seasonal thing where wins and losses reset at the end of your so-called season, which could be the year?" Or is this going to be something like five years from now, some guy's going to be like 313 and 23? And Tony was like, it's going to keep going. And I think they figured out that's not a good idea. No. Reset it. <laughs> yeah. Have, because have it like know, a season. Has, like you can't have a sport yes. that's ongoing. Like you got to have it seasonal. Like it's your season. Every year is your season. It's not like boxing, right? Because these guys wrestle every week. More importantly, I think what they should figure out, there could be a playoff system. Or in place where the number one seed wrestles number sixteen, like some yeah. kind of tournament, like form. a tournament and format. Like, and what, I'm sure they will, yeah. like coming from New Japan and like the priority of tournaments. Yeah, like all that stuff matters. I just think that AEW is just now really figuring out this shit ain't easy. Yep. What the WWE does, and I say it every every time we talk about it, like yes, they make shitty decisions, but the challenge of writing weekly television. That keep shit compelling, and then dealing with shit like injuries is really hard. And they're learning that. They're learning that now. So we'll see what happens. I just the pay per view was just okay. You're right. It was just okay. It was not the greatest thing since sliced bread, and it's okay to say that. Everything can't is not going to be great. Yeah, um, their television, like people are like, oh, great episode of Dynamite. It was all right. It was cool. Like it was cool. Like um, NXT has better wrestling. Uh, I thought NXT this week had what the probably the best two matches on television this week. That ladder match was incredible. Um again, women's division ladder match. And I thought that was really good. Uh the Leo Rush match was really good. So yeah, well, they're struggling I mean, dude, on just making sense of 
these timed pay-per-views, right? Like, and that's the main roster struggle. It's like we have war games, and now we have war games for two years in a row. But the prior two years, you had established factions going into war games. So people wanted to beat the shit out of UE. So that made sense because they were all in feuds with UE, right? So they you come, they get inside of war games. It, it's a payoff. This year, they don't. And then now it's like, fuck, we got to manufacture these things for war games, especially on the women's side. Yeah, see, and therein lies my issue with NXT, since we're going to talk about it. Uh, the Keith Lee Roger Strong match was good, right? Like, NXT yeah, has really good. really good rest. So, but their issue is coherent storytelling, doing shit that makes sense and not painting yourself into the corner. And that's exactly what they did with their women's war games match. Rhea Ripley as a babyface doesn't make any sense. She's Bianca Belair. For a second. Yeah, but it doesn't make sense in the, because. What they were building, and this is where, exactly to your point, theme pay-per-views fail because they just fuck everything up. Yeah. So this one, for instance, if anybody remembers, about a month ago, Rhea Ripley, uh, Bianca Belair, Io Shirai, Candice LeRae were all jockeying for a title match against Shayna Baszler. They all were in the mix. Yep. And there was, there was blurred lines between like Bianca and even Rhea, even though she's like a babyface because she was beefing with Shayna, but she's more of a heel-like character. And Bianca, even though she has like some heel tendencies, she was beefing with Shayna. But now Bianca's on Shayna's team makes absolutely no sense whatsoever. It's like they had to put her in there and say, well, she's a heel. She's not. And it's much better when you have some wrestlers, like with Moxley and AEW, have blurred lines. Yeah. Where they just don't like people. But to put them in the team is stupid. You have this all this great wrestling, but... Now you have this pay-per-view, and you're like, well, we got to service the masters of this pay-per-view. Like, it's just like Hell in a Cell. Well, we got to have a Hell in a Cell match with no heat. That's stupid. And, like, yeah, they could have so just that's done really one. Rough. Like, between that and then the main roster, where Ugh. people got to beat the shit out of each other at TakeOver and then be on the same team the next night for Survivor Series. Like, uh, it's you're stretching yourself thin. In terms of feuds, like you got to hit the reset button. Now, now I think they will, and will do so successfully. But it's still like, what do you use? Do you use Survivor Series to get that feud with you know between Adam Cole and Champa started again? Like it, it's it's weird. You're in a you're in a rough spot. And the main roster stinks. I mean, the main the, roster's not the main, great. When your number one story is a cuckold angle that's gone like two months too long, you're you're in trouble. Yo, Vince McMahon loves his miscarriage stories. And I oh, smell God. one. Yep. They, they got to chill with this shit. Um, it's, it's bad, man. It's, it's not funny. Like, I think he thinks it's funny. Yeah. It's just not funny. Like, if it was funny it's, or if it was good, like, it's, it's not good. Not, it's not good at all, man. It's not good. Um, I mean, back to the Survivor Series build is like meh. Um, good matches, some good matches. That tag match should be fun. Uh, the mid card matches should be really fun. Roderick Strong, AJ Styles, Shinsuke Nakamura. Shit, sign me up. Yeah, it sounds great. But the problem is, and it always will be, who comes out on top and why? And how does it affect the losers? Like, who takes the pin? Because you got all your champions in there. NXT's the new kid in town. They can't eat all the pins. Somebody's got to lose. Somebody's got to so lose. So, yeah. is it going to be Nakamura? Like, 
I, I don't trust, again, I just don't trust that WWE make the right decisions. Because NXT is great, but when they start tinkering with the main, well, I won't even call them the main roster. When they start tinkering with Raw and SmackDown, then they fall into their little traps. Yeah. And their traps suck. You know? You got to get in um, and get out. Like, if this is a one-time yearly thing, cool. Get in, get out. Don't get the stench on you. Yeah, because it stinks. <laughs> when when you, when it's, the stench comes, man, it stinks. And uh, I'm looking forward to, to War Games. I don't know about Survivor Series. I'm hoping it's, it's good. but uh, Our expectations man, will be low, and it will surprise us. I hope so. War Games I'm looking forward to. I think the injuring is going to be great. It's just, where do, like, after Bianca and teams up with Shane and them, and then if they, whatever happens, do you go back to feuding with them? I just don't know how they figure this shit out. Yeah, I don't know. Like, you, the heels, if the heels win that, then yeah, all the heels got to beat the shit out of each other to make it extra heelish. I don't know. It really, and shout out to AJ once again, um, AJ Springer, friend of the podcast, for pointing it out. What really fucked this all up is that Shayna's crew isn't ready. At all. If, they stink. Yo, like, why do you have a horsewoman crew if they're not going to be your crew in the most deadly, devastating match of your career? Why? Like, what purpose do they serve then? Then they're just J&J security. <laughs> really? But at least J&J can actually wrestle. No, they could <laughs> wrestle, but they never asked them to wrestle. Like, just, just say they're not wrestlers and they're just there to take bumps. Yeah, they suck. They're just—that's all they are. They're J and J security. I—I I don't understand it if they're not going to be put into a match like this. So, yeah, man, that it's rough. Um, main rosters all over the place. We'll see what happens on SmackDown this this week. But I don't know. I feel like I say this every month. It's like, oh, after this next pay per view, they're just going to have to hit the reset button. That shit never hits. Like it's stuck. Like I don't—I don't understand. When are we going to reset? This should be the off season. Like, just just go go dark. We don't need anything for two months. Like, Survivor Series go dark until Rumble. Because I don't I don't know what they're gonna do. What the hell is Kevin Owens doing before we get out of here? Just he just shows up on shit. Like, there's so many guys with no direction at all, and it's like, just get out there, kid. I just again, I just don't know what the fuck they're doing. The Fiend's gonna be be for Daniel Bryan. I guess Daniel's just gonna put somebody over. Um, I mean, I like that feud though. If they play off of like their old feud with the Wyatt family again, I like the Fiend, the Fiend going back and just terrorizing people who beat the shit out of Bray Wyatt for years, who Bray Wyatt couldn't go over and just seeking revenge. Does he need a title to do that? No, he doesn't. But here lies the question. The Daniel Bryan feud, right? Sounds good in theory. Yeah. Issue with the Daniel Bryan feud is the bell's got a ring. So it's like you <laughs> built this character up, and he's got to wrestle. Yeah. Like, he's going to eat you 10 Daniel Bryan finishers. Yeah, and you can't have that shit happen again. So I, do you just squash Daniel Bryan? Yeah. Yeah. Pretty much. Or And will they squash Daniel Bryan? Or will they trot the Fiend out there for another like 20-minute match that nobody likes? Yeah, <laughs> with the red light. Yeah, it's all bad. Oh, oh God. Um, before we get out of here, we'd be remiss if we didn't mention the biggest storyline in pro wrestling that has shit to do with in ring wrestling, and that is the return of CM Punk. Why did we save it for last? Because only twenty people watch that shit. 
Uh, more people saw it on Twitter than they did on television. Nonetheless, we all know it happened. CM Punk is now part of WWE Backstage. He'll be there next week, and I expect ratings for that to shoot up, which is only going to put further dollar signs into Mr. McMahon's eyes. So how long until we see CM Punk back inside of a WWE ring? Um, man, I still don't know, man. I, I, okay. Without without saying too much, I do know that, I mean, a lot of people knew that Punk auditioned, but I, I just don't see him doing full-time work. I do, however, see the possibility of them saying, here's a monster payday for WrestleMania for a one-off. I can see that happening. I'm actually fine with that. I can't see him doing week to week. I can't see him doing weekly shit. I can't see him being on the road. It just doesn't seem like a guy who wants to do that. So this is one step um, to getting him there. But people that are like really hopeful, like I don't want CM Punk on week to week. Neither do I. But if you give me like, give me a one month build, three week build to him versus AJ Styles, take all my money. I mean, there's a lot of people. It's just, you got to, I don't. I just again, I just don't trust WWE to do the right thing with any of these guys. So eh. the question is, if he comes back from Mania, does he main event? <laughs> wow, you know, you know, <laughs> that's some real shit, though, right? Like, can you bring is, him back and him not main event? Yeah, yeah <laughs> that was the only gripe before. <laughs> like, yeah. oh, they did it to him again. Yeah, it's true. And they could do it to him again. They could just pay him a bunch of money and be like, you're still not main eventing. <laughs> or or does he just bury the champion? See, either way, it's hypocritical. Because if he made events for a non-title match, like a one-off, and he becomes Brock Lesnar, then he's just doing what other people did to him that pissed him off. Then that means Seth Rollins going for a title or an actual champion won't main event. True. Which is the same shit know. he hated. So, oh man, that's fun. I just, I want to see it. I'm, I'm rooting for the chaos. The chaos is the only thing that'll make the main event worth it. Or main roster worth it at this point. Because they True. don't do shit in good, like when stuff is nice and everyone's healthy, they don't know what the fuck to do. Chaos is the only thing that makes them roll and give me something exciting. That's true, and I guess we'll see. And I, next week, I, I'm sure we'll talk about this whole uh, ACH situation. As he says he quit, and oh, yeah. nobody knows what's going on. It's 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 a mess with him right now. And you know, I'm hearing that mentally he's not. You know, he he's been he's had some issues mentally for a while. So yeah. Um, but I hope it doesn't take away from the message that hey, WWE still does some dumb shit. So I guess we'll talk about that more next week because I figured that'll start to clear up. Yeah, that's the but key. Right, but. That's- Above all, like hopefully, just get some help if he needs such. Um, if this is a cry for help, just hopefully everyone's checking in on him, because you know we have the black and gray avatars and all that shit on Twitter, but we need to go a little further, the people closest to him, to make sure that he's all right. Then we'll continue conversation. Um, that's our show for this week, though, man. We want to thank all you guys for listening. We really appreciate it. More big things coming up in the future for the Corner Podcast that we're working on. In time, we'll unveil those. And we're very happy you guys are along for the ride. Make sure you guys follow us on social media at the Corner LSN on all platforms. You can follow me at Kel Dansby. Him at Andreas Hale on all platforms as well. That's our show for this week. We're out. Peace. Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. 
Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware.